Uh, today we're going to begin a brand new uh, sermon series, and if you're new here today, uh, hopefully you got a bulletin when you came in. There were a couple things in your bulletin. One was a little information sheet, maybe that when you checked in your child you got, talking about the fishing rodeo, and then inside your bulletin uh, you should have got a little outline for our sermon, and we do that just to uh, hopefully help you out. It is our prayer. We believe that the Word of God brings life, and we believe that the more that we can connect our hearts to God's Word, the more we can connect our hearts to God. And uh, we really can begin to understand who He is and what He wants to do in our life. And uh, so as uh, you got your bulletin this morning, hopefully you got an outline. We're going to kind of walk through that together this morning, through the sermon, and, uh, and just kind of give you some fill-in-the-blank opportunities. If you want to take some notes, you're welcome uh, to do so. But today we're going to start a four-week series entitled The Million Dollar Question. And we're going to look together at our uh, scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 30. And in Deuteronomy chapter 30, God is speaking to the children of Israel, and this is what he says to them. He says, today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. And now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make, and oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. So God says to the nation of Israel, behold, I set before you today life and death. I give you a choice. You can choose life. You can choose death. You can choose the blessing or you can choose the curse. And the reality is simply this. God gives us a choice. Amen? That's the reality of being human beings. You are created in the image and the likeness of God, and God has given every person in this room a choice. And every day we make literally hundreds of choices that determine, as we're going to see, the quality and the outcome outcome of our life. Now, the one thing that I love about God is that when God gives a test, uh, God, God asks a question and then God gives you the answer. Did you notice that in that scripture? God said, I give you a choice between life and death, between blessing and curses, and then God gives us the answer. This is what he says. So choose life. Choose life. Right? God says, life and death, blessing, cursing. Now, I want to tell you the answer. The right answer to the question is choose life. So that you, look what he says, so that you and your descendants might live. Look at that first point on your outline. I want you to see this today. I want to make an obvious observation, okay? Let's look at this together. The quality of your life, the quality of my life, is going to be determined by the quality of the decisions that you make. The quality of your life is determined by the quality of the decisions that you make, right? If you choose life, guess what you get? You get Life. If you choose death, guess what you get? You get death. If you choose the blessing, guess what you get? You get blessed. If you choose the curse, guess what you get? You get curse. And the reality is simply this. We all really kind of know this, right? We all kind of in our hearts intuitively recognize that if I make good choices, good things happen. If I make the wrong choices, bad things happen. And so I really have to consider and think about, and we talk about as being Christians, pray about the choices and the decisions that we make because the quality of our lives is directly determined by the quality of the decisions that we make. But not only that, not only do our decisions affect our life, but if you're here today, how many moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas we got in the house? We got any moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas? Great, great number. How many of you want to be a mom or dad or grandpa or grandpa one day? All right, we'll pray extra hard for you guys. So, uh, <laughs> we'll pray real hard for you. All right, so here's the reality. So not only do your decisions and choices affect your life, but the Scripture teaches us that your decisions, your choices actually affect the lives of your children and your grandchildren. Now, we know that's true, right? Because if you just think about your childhood, every one of you right now can think about your childhood 
and you can recognize that your childhood was good or bad, blessed or cursed, and much of your childhood was the reflection not of your choices, but of the choices and the decisions that your parents made. And you either look back on your childhood with fond memories and you are grateful and thankful that your mom and dad made good choices, or you look back on your memory and on your childhood and your childhood memories and you cringe and maybe today you're even working through some of the challenges that you endured as a child. And you just think right now, I wish my mom and dad would have made better choices. See, the reality is choices have consequences. And every decision you make and every decision I make produces the quality of our life. It dictates the outcome of how we are going to live our lives. Now, let me just kind of give you the problem here today. Here's the problem. Look at the next point on your outline. The problem is, is that we have a tendency, right? We, we are making wrong decisions, right? Here, that's the problem. The problem is, uh, as a whole, as Americans, we tend to make the wrong decisions. And I, I'm going to show you in just a minute why I know that to be true, but, but let's just talk about this for just a minute. So we, we make the wrong decisions, and here's why I believe we make the wrong decisions. I believe we make the wrong decisions because we're asking the wrong questions, we're looking at our circumstance, we're looking at our situation, we're looking at our problems, and we're asking the wrong questions. And how many of you realize that if you ask the wrong question, you're going to get the wrong answer, right? If you ask the wrong question, you're going to get the wrong answer. And I believe that much, many of the decisions that we're making that are producing the wrong results, right? We're not actually getting the answer we want. We're not actually getting the results we want out of our life. The quality of our life is not really matching up with our desire or our intentions because we're making the wrong decisions. And many times we're making the wrong decisions because we're just asking the wrong questions. Now, look, look at this next slide. I want you to just see this. Here's a, a good-looking picture of a guy you might recognize, Albert Einstein, right? That's just living proof uh, that you don't have to be beautiful to be brilliant, right? <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to be. Look at that face. That's a face only your mama could love, right? Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein is considered to be a genius, right? Considered to be one of the smartest men on the planet. Look what Albert Einstein said. He said, if I had one hour, if I had an hour to solve a problem and my life depended on it, I would spend the first 55 minutes determining the proper question to ask, for once I know the proper question, I could solve the problem in less than five minutes. Albert Einstein said that if, if I had an hour to make a decision, I had to solve a problem, and my life depended on the answer to this problem being solved, then, then the thing that I would do, Albert Einstein said, the genius, the brilliant guy, the smart guy, he said the first thing I would do is I would begin to evaluate my problem and make sure that I'm going to ask the right question, because he knew that if he could ask the right question, he'd get the right answer. And if he got the right answer, he could resolve and solve the problem. And so here's a guy that's the world at least considers a pretty smart fellow, had a, a pretty good way of thinking. And he said, you know what, one of the most important things we have to learn to do is we have to learn how to ask the right questions. Now, we have some real problems, guys. And, and if we're going to get the right answer to some real problems, we're going to have to learn how to ask the right question. And, and I want to just show you, look on the screen, I want to show you some statistics and just to kind of back up, because there are some real problems in our nation, and there are some real problems in our world, and you and I are impacted by these things, right? Every 13 seconds, someone in America gets a divorce. 13 seconds. 
By the time I said that and said it again, two people got divorced. That's crazy. Every 13 seconds, somebody in America gets divorced. There are 11 million children right now in America growing up in single-family homes. The average American, let, let's kind of talk about money a little bit. The average American has over $16,000 in credit card debt, and 69% of all Americans have less than $1,000 in savings, and 34% of all Americans have no savings at all. We're the most prosperous land nation on the planet, but we don't have any money. Over 20 million Americans over the age of 12 have an addiction. 20 million over the age of 12, have a life-altering, life-controlling addiction. A hundred people every day die from a drug overdose. That's one person every 15 minutes. Every 15 minutes. In the time that we did worship, two people died of a drug overdose this morning. While we were singing songs, two people died this morning of a drug overdose. There are some real problems in our nation. There are some real problems in our land. And let's just be real honest. These problems aren't just national problems. They aren't just community problems. There are problems, right? See, these, these statistics kind of represent three areas of our lives. It represents our families, represents our finances, and it represents our personal lives. And the reality is, is many of us are struggling in those three areas, we're struggling relationally, we're struggling financially, and we're struggling personally. And I believe the reason we're struggling in those three areas is because we're asking the wrong questions. So, so here's, here's the thing. Look at this next point. So what if, what if there was one question that you could ask that could help you make the right decision every single time? What if there was one question? What if there was one question, regardless of your problem, regardless of your circumstance, regardless of the situation you're facing, what if there was one question that you could ask, that if you ask this one question, it would help you make the right decision every single time? How many of you would want to know what that question is? All right, praise God, come back next Sunday, we're done. No, I'm just kidding you. So I'm going to tell you that question today, okay, because here's what we're going to see today. We're going to see... That God, through the Scripture, lays out and gives us a very powerful, practical question that I'm just calling the million-dollar question. And this one question, when applied to any problem, any circumstance, any situation, can empower and will empower you to make the right decision. It will bring clarity to your life in a way probably beyond anything you've ever imagined. And when you see it, you're going to say, that's so simple, that can't work. But we're going to talk through it today and over the next few weeks, and we're going to see how this simple question can impact and literally empower you to make right decisions every single time. So here it is, the million-dollar question. Let's look at it. What is the wise thing to do? The million-dollar question is, what is the wise thing to do? Not what's the fun thing to do, not what is the convenient thing to do, not what is the thing that I'm going to do that's going to make me happy or what not, what is the thing that I'm going to do that's going to make other people happy, but what is the wise thing to do? To do. Let me give you a scripture. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 24 says, Sensible people, look at that verse. Sensible people keep their eyes glued on wisdom. 
The Bible teaches that wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the foundational thing. That if you find wisdom, you'll find everything else you need. And the Bible says somebody that is sensible, somebody that kind of got their head together, got their act together. How many of y'all know good old common sense goes a long ways? I mean, aren't you amazed at how that people seem to lack good old common sense? You ever look at the decisions and choices people make and say, how in the world did you even come up with that answer? I mean, why would 2 plus 2 ever equal 475? It doesn't. It's crazy, isn't it crazy? Sometimes I look myself in the mirror and I think, why in the world did I make that decision? That doesn't even make sense. Right? We've all probably been there. We've all probably made some decisions. We walked away from it and thought, why in the world did I make that decision? You know why you made that decision? You asked the wrong question. You asked the wrong question. You didn't ask the question, what is the wise thing to do? You, you asked the question, what's going to make me happy? What's the convenient thing to do? What's the path of least resistance? What, what can I do that's not going to ripple the effects of my family and my friends? And what can I do that's going to help me help prosper me or help me make more money? I'm just going to tell you, you, you can get trapped in a lot of those things because you start asking the wrong questions, you'll start making the wrong decisions, and you'll find yourself in the wrong place doing the wrong thing, being suffocated by the choices and the decisions that you've made. But the Scripture says that a sensible man keeps his eyes glued on wisdom. But look what it says. It says, now go back to that verse. It says, but the fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth, right? Whenever you get in that decision-making moment, when you're confronted with a problem, a circumstance, or a situation, the sensible person keeps their eyes glued on wisdom. What is the wise thing to do? The fool, and we've all been foolish, unfortunately, allow our eyes to wander. And we begin to wonder, well, what's the fun thing to do? And what's the convenient thing to do? And what's the easy thing to do? And what's going to make me the most money? And what's going to bring me the most pleasure? And what's going to satisfy me the deepest or the greatest or the longest? And all of a sudden, we let our eyes wander. And when we let our eyes wander, we start asking the wrong questions and we start making the wrong decisions. Now, I want to do something. I want to define wisdom. What does it mean to, uh, what is the wise thing to do? Let me give you a definition of what the wise thing to do. How are we going to come up with that? You're, you're going to probably be surprised. So let's look at that next statement. Two things that we're going to bring into this wise thing that we're going to do. What is the wise thing to do? Based on what you know, and based on what God says, what is the wise thing to do? Those two things. Two things we want to bring into the equation. The first thing we want to bring into the equation is what you know. And the reason that's important is because Christianity is not about checking your brain at the door. Right? When you get saved, God does not say, check your brain at the door. You don't need to think anymore. No, God actually desires you to use your intellect, to use your ability, to use the gifts and the graces that he has given you to operate wisely. God wants you to actually make informed decisions, educated decisions. And it is really amazing because most of the time we actually know what the right thing to do is. I mean, let's just think about it. So, so the first way, how do we define what is, what is the wise thing? Based on what I know, based on what I know, and based on what God says, what is the wise thing to do? Now think about the choices and decisions you've made. Think about the bad decisions you've made. Most of the time when you made that decision, you knew it wasn't the right decision. 
I'm going to say nine times out of ten, when you made that choice, you knew that wasn't the right choice, but it's what you wanted to do. It was what was convenient to do. It was what was going to bring you the most pleasure or the most satisfaction in the quickest amount of time, right? It was what was going to make you the most money or relieve you of some of the stress or some of the problems or some of the difficulties that you felt like you were under. And you knew, and I knew, right, when I look back on the decisions I've made, man, nearly every single time I knew (laughs) I was about to make a bad decision. Kelly and I have been married for 27 years, and in 27 years of marriage, we, we've made a pretty good bit of good decisions, but there have been a couple, there have been a couple flops along the way. <laughs> there have been a couple financial decisions we made early on in our marriage that, man, I look back on, I'm like, man, what in the world was I thinking? What in the world were we doing? That, that just wasn't smart. And you know what? When I made that decision, I knew it wasn't smart. <laughs> But I was asking the wrong question. I wasn't asking what is the wise thing based on what I know because I knew it wasn't the wise thing to do. I knew I couldn't afford the thing I was wanting to buy. But I wasn't asking what was the wise thing to do. I was asking what do I want to do? Well, what do you want? Right? Well, I want this. I want that new car. I want that new house. I want that swimming pool. I I want those new clothes. I I want that new boat. I want that new, Daryl Don just got a boat that made me think of that. I, I want that new, you know, all that new stuff, right? You know, and so, so the reality is, is based on what you know, we, we actually know more than we give ourselves credit for. Based on what I know, and then the second part is based on what God says. Now, this second part trumps the first part. And what I mean by that is if what you know doesn't line up with what God says, then what God says trumps what you know. But this is what I found out. If you actually Well, take the time to make an educated decision. You're going to find out. God's already told you what you're going to find out educationally that you ought to do. And most of the time, the educated decision is going to line up with the wisdom and the Word of God. But if it doesn't, guess what? What God says trumps what I know because God's smarter than me. Amen? And God God has been around a whole lot longer than we have, and He understands the end from the beginning. And so if I can take those two things, if I can take what I know, and what God says, and based on those two things, this is what I know, this is what God says, I can then ask the question, based on what I know, what God says, what is the wise thing for me to do? And you know what? If you'll ask that question 99.9% of the time, you will have, you will have crystal clear clarity on what you need to do. What is the wise thing to do based on what I know, based on what God says, what is the wise thing to do? Let's look in Deuteronomy uh, 30. We're going to go back to that chapter there. We're going to read the next verse. Verse 19 we read at the beginning. It says, I've given you the choice between life and death. Look at at the last part, verse 20. He says, you can make this choice, you can choose life by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. The key to your life, you know what it is? The key to your life is loving God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. When you allow God's Word to become the standard by which you live your life, you just found the key to life. And again, what's exciting is is not that God asks us to check our brain. God actually says, okay, Keith, what do you know? I'm just going to tell you, there have been been multiple decisions in my life where I've come, you ever come to that little proverbial fork in the road, right? And you've got to make a decision. And sometimes it's not a decision between good and bad. Sometimes it's a good and a good, right? This is a good decision. This is a good decision. 
This makes sense. They both line up with the Word of God. They both measure out with Scripture. You know what I've had God do to me several times? I've, I've went to God over those circumstances, and the Lord, I've had the Lord say, Keith, you just choose. Just choose. They both line up with my Word. They both are wise decisions, so just make a choice. See, Christianity is not about you checking your brain. Christianity is about you recognizing that God gave you the ability. As a matter of fact, over and over in Scripture, God encourages us to pursue wisdom, to pursue knowledge, to seek understanding. Right now, God's Word trumps everything, but God encourages us to pursue that. We need to make educated decisions, and then we need to measure that decision based by the standard of God's Word, and then we need to say, based on what I know and based on what God says, what is the wise thing to do? And you'll be amazed that when you begin to ask that question, how you'll find the key to life, and all of a sudden, clarity will begin to come into the decision-making process of your life. Now, over the next few weeks, we're going to kind of use this question, and we're going to apply it to those three areas we talked about a while ago. We're going to talk over the next few weeks about how we're going to use this million-dollar question, and we're going to apply it to our relationships. What is the wise thing to do? And then we're going to use that million-dollar question, and we're going to apply it to our finances. What is the wise thing to do? And then we're going to use the million-dollar question, and we're going to apply it to our personal lives. What is the wise thing to do? You might be saying, well, Pastor Keith, you talked about addiction. I don't have any addictions. Let me give you a simple, the simplest definition of addiction is this, a unhealthy habit. So I found out that we have some unhealthy habits, and it's all connected to this little thing called Facebook. It can be connected to all kinds of different things, video games, hunting, fishing, eating, drinking drugs. It could be all that stuff. But the reality is, if we'll be real honest with us, if we'll evaluate our lives, some of us, probably all of us, struggle with some unhealthy habits that really need to be brought into check. So what is the wise thing to do? So we're going to take that million-dollar question over the next few weeks, and we're going, to, we're going to apply it to our relationships. We're going to apply it to our finances. We're going to apply it to our personal life. But today, I just want to, I want to just kind of close this time together this morning with, with one question. We're going to ask this question and apply uh, the million-dollar question to it. So what is the wise thing to do about life and death? What is the wise thing to do about life and death? What is the wise thing to do about life and death? So let, let's talk about what we know. What is the wise thing to do about life and death? What we know. So here's two little simple things that I believe everybody in this room can agree with me that we all know. Number one, we know that everyone who lives also dies. Right? Everyone who lives also dies. You've never met anybody that didn't die. And everybody you know that hasn't died will die. Right? If you were born, you will die. And so we know that, right? So the reality is, is we all know that somewhere along the line, we've got to make a decision about our life, and we've got to make a decision about our death, because everybody that lives dies. Everybody. The second thing we know, and this is intuitive in our hearts, is that we know that there has to be more to life than, this, than just this life. Right? People really know that. People know that, right? There are, I did a little research this week, there are 4,500 different religions on the planet. You know why there are 4,500 different religions on the planet? Because intuitively people know there's got to be more to life than, than just this life. 
And out of that intuitive knowledge that there has to be more to life than this life, there have birthed out 4,500 different religions. And of those 4,500 different religions, most of those believe in some form of life after death. Why? Because there is just something in the heart of humanity that we all know, right? We know there has to be more to this life than just this life. You can't just die and that be it. We know that. We may not, quote, be able to prove it scientifically or prove it even educationally in some facets, but every human being knows in their core being there has to be more. There has to be more. This cannot be all there is. We know that. Whether you're a Christian, whether you're not a Christian, whether you believe the Bible or whether you don't believe the Bible, everybody intuitively knows that. As a matter of fact, I believe every person that embraces atheism has to deny their own conscience. Because at the end of the day, even atheists know there has to be more to life than this life. So that's what we know, right? We all know that. That's no great surprise to anybody in this room. So now let's ask the rest of the question. So based on what we know and based on what God says. So what does God say about life and death? Well, it's in Hebrews. He actually says a lot, but we're going to read a couple verses. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 and 28. Look what it says. And just as each person is destined to die once. Each person is destined to die once. So God confirms and affirms what we already know, right? Everybody is going to die. So what you know and what God says lines up. You know that everybody that's born dies. God says everybody that's born dies. And it is destined unto every man to die once. Now that word once is significant. Because God also says that there is a place called the lake of fire that the Bible calls the second death. So God says everybody is destined to die once, but the Bible tells us some people die twice. So God confirms what we know. Everybody dies. And then look what the Scripture says. Everyone is destined to die, and after that comes judgment. So God says, hey, what you've been thinking, that there has to be more to life than this, this life? God says, guess what, guys? You're right. You're right. There is more to life than this life. And after you die, guess what's going to happen? God says you're going to stand before him and you're going to be judged. You're going to be judged based, if you read the rest of the Bible, based on what you did with Jesus Christ and then based on how you lived your life in, after you made that response. We're all going to stand before God, the Bible says, and give an account for our lives. The Bible even goes so far as to say that we're going to be judged according to every idle word that came out of our mouth. I'm a preacher that's scary. I say a lot. And so God says, hey guys, guess what? What you know lines up with what I say. You know in your heart that when you die, there's got to be more to life than this, this life. God says, you're right, there's a judgment. And after judgment, there's an eternity. And you're going to spend eternity somewhere in heaven or in hell. God says, that's the reality of it. And God says, you know what? You know that. Everybody knows we're going to die. Everybody knows there's got to be more to life than this life. God says you're exactly right. Everybody's going to die. Everybody has to die once. And after death is the judgment. 
But look what he says. This is the good news. This is where God steps in and changes the story. He says, so also Christ died once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. Jesus died once for all time as a sacrifice. So this is what God says. We know we're all going to die. We know there's more to life than this life. God says, yes, you're right. You're going to die, and after death is a judgment. But here's the good news. Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice. He died in your place so you could be saved and have eternal life. Man, that's good news. He died in your place so you can be saved and have eternal life. Your life can forever be changed because you trust Jesus and believe in Him and receive Him as your Lord and your Savior. Amen? Now look at the rest of this verse. It says, He came to take away our sins and He will come again, right? God says, hey, Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. Not to deal with our sins, he's already done with that, but to bring salvation to those who are eagerly waiting for him. So he's coming again, and guess what he's bringing? He's bringing salvation. He's bringing that life and that reward of eternal life to all who believe in him. Now I want to give you one other scripture. It's found in John chapter 1. The Bible says this, But to all who believe him, speaking of Jesus, and received him, he gave the right to become children of God, and they are reborn. Not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So what do we know? We know that everybody that lives dies, and we know there has to be more to life than, this, this, than just this life. What does God say? God says, yes, everybody's going to die. After death, you're going to be judged. And based on what you did with Jesus is going to determine whether you're going to spend eternity in hell or whether you're going to spend eternity in what the Bible calls the lake of fire, which is the second death. But look what the Scripture says here in John. It says, but to all who believed him, believed Jesus, believed that he died on the cross for their sins, believed that he offered himself as a sacrifice for their sin, if they believe in him and receive him, right? It's not just enough to believe. The Bible says the demons actually believe in Jesus. We have to receive him as our what? Our Lord and our Savior. We have to give him control of our lives. And to those that believe in him and receive him as their Lord and Savior, the Bible says, guess what? They will become the children of God. And then it makes an amazing statement. It says, and they are reborn. In John chapter 3, Jesus says it this way. Jesus says, you must be born again. Right? So here, here's the simple thing. Here, here's what God says. God says, I just want to confirm what you know. Everybody's going to die. There's more to life than this, this life. So when you die, God says you're going to die, and you're going to stand before God, and you're going to give an account for your life, what you did with his son Jesus. If you believed in him and received him as your Lord, then you will become a child of God and you will be born again. So here's the truth. If you're born twice, natural and spiritual, you only die once. If you're born once, just naturally, and you reject God and reject Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you die twice. You can be born twice and die once, or you can be born once and die twice based on whether you believe in and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So let me ask you the million dollar question. Based on what you know and based on what God says, what's the wise thing to do? Based on what you know and based on what God says, what is the wise thing to do? If I'm sitting here today and I've never been born again, well, Pastor Keith, how do I know if I've been born again? If you don't know it, you haven't been. 
You know you've been born again because you have asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins and you have surrendered your life to his lordship. You have received him as your Lord and your Savior. We just had a young man just a couple weeks ago get saved. And the guy that led this young man to the Lord, the next day his mom called him and said, I just, I just want you to know my son, he is a different man. One day she noticed he was a different man. Didn't take a week, didn't take a month, didn't take six years of Bible school for her to realize, hey, this was a different guy. When you get born again, the Bible says you go from being spiritually dead to being spiritually alive, and all of a sudden the Spirit of God takes up residence in your heart and your life. And when that happens, you are changed from the inside out. So let's go back to our question based on what we know. Everybody dies. Everybody dies. And there has to be more than life in this life. And based on what God says, yes, everybody dies. After death is judgment. And you can either spend eternity in heaven or you can spend eternity in hell separated from God based not on God's will but on your choice. Right? People say, well, why would God send people to hell? He never has. And he never will. Y'all remember our first verse, Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, Behold, I said before you this day, life and death, blessing and curses. And then he said in verse 20, we read it just a minute ago, and this is how you choose life, he said, you choose me. If you love me and obey me and cling to me, this is the key to your life. God has never sent one person to hell, and he never will. People send themselves to hell by the choice and the decision they make. Why? Because every decision you make determines the outcome of your life. And your eternity is based on the decision you make. So here's the question. What is the wise thing to do? What's the wise thing to do? Based on what you know, based on what God says, what is the wise thing to do? Let's just bow our heads this morning. With every head bowed, every eye closed for just a minute, we're about to wrap this service up. We're going to go have some fun, but I want to just tell you right now, the most important thing that we've come here to do today is what we're doing right now. Because the reality is simply this, what you know and what God says matters. And you know today that you're going to die. And you also know today whether you're ready to stand before God and meet Him as your judge. If Jesus is Lord of your life, then you're ready. And if he's not, then you're not. If you've been born again, then you're ready. If you haven't, then you're not. Based on what you know and based on what God says, what is the wise thing to do? The wise thing to do today would be to accept Jesus. Not because you have to or you're afraid of what will happen if you don't, but because you realize today that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus doesn't come bullying his way into our lives. He comes graciously offering his life as a sacrifice saying, whosoever will can choose me. Choose life today, he says. Choose life. And based on what you know and based on what God says, what is the wise thing to do? If you're here today and you say, Pastor Keith, I want to choose life today. I want to choose Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. I believe that He is who He says He is. I believe He died on the cross and He rose again on the third day. I believe He paid the price for my sins. And right now, He's dealing with my heart. I know that He is. I know right now, God is dealing with your heart by the Holy Spirit. 
because that God-shaped void in your heart is crying out for Him. There's something in you that longs to know that there is a real God that loves you and cares about you. He's not distant. He's not angry. He's not cruel. He is loving. And He calls you unto Himself. He purchased your redemption with the blood of His own Son. He told you the decision you need to make. Choose life. So today, based on what you know, based on what God says, what is the wise thing to do? If you're here today and you say, Pastor Keith, I want to be born again. I want to choose Jesus today as my Lord and my Savior. I want you just to stand up all over this building. Just stand to your feet right now. What is the wise thing to do today? Come on. What is the wise thing to do? Based on what you know, based on what God says, what is the wise thing to do? If you want to choose Him today, I want to just ask you just to stand to your feet right now. I just want to ask you just to stand to your feet right now. I want to choose Jesus today. Based on what I know, based on what God says, I realize I'm not ready to meet God. I'm not ready to meet the Lord. My life is not what it should be. I'm not living the way I know I should be living, and Jesus is not Lord of my life. This is your opportunity today to do the wise thing. It's wise to follow Jesus. It's wise to make a decision about not only your life, but your death. We fool ourselves as we need to, if we just think, well, it's never going to happen to me. It happens to everybody. And you know that. You know it happens to everybody. Everybody dies. So based on what you know, based on what God says, what is the wise thing today? Are you willing to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If so, we're going to give you just one more opportunity. We're going to close the service. But we want to make sure that you've had enough opportunity today just to stand, just to act of faith, a step of faith. Well, Pastor Keith, why do I need to stand? Because the Bible says if we deny God before men, He'll deny us before the angels. But if we confess Him before men, He will confess us before His angels. See, we shouldn't be ashamed. Jesus died openly for you and for me. So we could stand publicly and say, I choose Him. So right now, if you want to choose Christ today, you want to be born again, I want you just to stand to your feet. I'm about to pray with you. We're about to close. Father, we thank you right now. We thank you for the grace and the goodness of God. We thank you for the mercy and the love of Jesus. We thank you for calling us unto yourself today. We thank you for wisdom, Lord. Give us wisdom. Help us keep our eyes glued on the wise thing. Lord, help us to make not only educated decisions, but God, help us to make biblical decisions. Help us to take what we know and submit it to what you say and ask the right question. God, I thank you today for the million-dollar question. And I thank you today that through asking the right question, you can give clarity and direction in every decision that we make. Because every decision determines the outcome of our life. Not only for us, but for those that will follow us. So Lord, I pray your blessing over every person, every heart, every individual here today. And we thank you for your goodness and we thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen.